the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey guys, welcome to Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. This is where we mash up the best of the week. We take our interviews from Tuesday and Thursday, what those episodes were. We take those highlights. We put them together all here in one convenient place for your listening pleasure. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy what we put together here for you guys. And if you want to go back and listen to these interviews in their entirety, you can do that right here where you're listening as it is. Um, so anywhere you guys are listening to podcasts, you can go back and find those full length interviews. But otherwise, we've uh, we've done a little bit of heavy lifting for you and gave you guys some of the highlights from what from what you want to hear. But, you know, we're so lucky with all the amazing guests that we have on oral sessions that I'm sure... If you're fans of these people, you're going to want to go back and hear more of their story here, more of who these people are and what makes them tick and what has led to their success, all that fun stuff. Um, I love what I get to do here and I love getting to chat with all these interesting and fascinating people. It's a hell of a time. And yeah, now we just get to do a little best of here on the weekend. So here we go. Let's get into it. Here's the best stuff from this week on Oral Sessions. bizarre couple of days for you how are you doing <laughs> i'm actually doing really well good you know it's so easy to jump into like being negative and like focus on all the stuff that didn't happen and whatnot but man at the same at the same time you know for four or five years i got to do the one thing that i've always wanted to do on a really really big scale i got two wrestlemanias i got the nxt title um i made friends for life i became a better performer a better wrestler and I got so many tools and connections and, 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 and all these things that I built whilst being at the WWE that, you know, there's more pros than cons, really. And sure, you know, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll get into that part uh, during this conversation. But the focus for me is on, on all the things that did go right and all the things that I did obtain and all the things that uh, were given to me. And hey, you know, uh, there's been opportunities that were presented to me that make me go, wow, the fact that you even think uh, that you wanted to put me in this position is like super cool. You know um, better than anyone that in that company, things change sometimes literally 30 seconds before you go out. And that's happened to me on several occasions. It's always funny because I always think to myself, man, if people would only know all the things that almost happened or all the things that were supposed to happen or were supposed to be or directions or pitches and all that stuff. And that makes it cool. It's never as clear cut as people think it is. And having that knowledge from being in the company for 45 years is where I get a lot of satisfaction and a lot of like peace of mind. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it's too, it's like it, you are now, no matter what, you're at least set up on a better course for the experience that you've gained, uh, more of the notoriety that comes now with the name Tommy End for you. I mean, we're, you know, we're not going under Alistair Black anymore, but everyone understands that that's how we go here in the wrestling world. And we make these changes and your fan base understands that and in, in everything, but you know, it, it. so what are some of these circumstances of things that could have been and things that were about to happen? Uh, what are some of those? One of the cool pitches for me was that for a, a moment when I had the match with AJ, one of the things that leading up to um, WrestleMania 
was that during the end of my match with AJ, you know, uh, Undertaker appeared and helped me, saved me, you know, uh, stop the beat down that uh, the Good Brothers gave me. Um, one of the pitches was that at WrestleMania, it was going to be the other way around. So it was AJ and Taker. And one of the pitches was that, that towards the end of that match, the Good Brothers would come out or something to that extent. And I would be the one to uh, help help Taker. And I always thought that was uh, that was like the fact that they even considered that was like, uh, wow. You know what I mean? It was very cool. Um, one of the other things that was always very cool is that Heyman's idea was to um, have uh, either Samoa Joe or or Brock Lesnar come into the, the the room at the time when you were doing those promos in the back. You mean? Yes. So the thing was, um, they were supposed to progress. Obviously, they never progressed. They always stayed the same, which is one of my biggest you know regrets because I was wanted them to be much more than they were. I wanted them to have different verbiage and to kind of like you know, expand. And I did what I could with them, which is, you know, very minimal and Heyman fought tooth and nail for it. But at the end of the day, there's like, obviously if there's a no, there's a no, you can't argue the no all the time. And one of the things that uh, we set course out to do was eventually having an interaction uh, between either me, Brock Lesnar or Samoa Joe that would send where I would cut this, this promo room and, and, and Lesnar would just come through the, through this, uh, from the darkness and would just choke me out and stuff like that. And, and it would set up, uh, it would set up something similar to that. Uh, but again, you know, the, like the people have to understand that these are pitches, you know, this is not set in stone thing. This is the course of planning. These are all ideas that people are having and courses that we're plotting and planning. They pan out, they might not pan out. Sometimes towards the end of where you're going with the pitch and the pitch is being used, towards the end of it, they decide to go take a 180 instead of like going this way. They're going to go that way. And, you know, they're going to go different routes. You know, I'm sure that if I uh, if I sit on it for a while, you know, like more, more things will uh, will pop into my head in terms of like things that were, you know, supposed to be. Um, but, yeah, this the, the company is full of surprises. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For good and bad, it's it's full of surprises. But like I said, like I, I I don't really have a lot of things that I wanna that I have to complain about. Again, yeah, there's there's been super negative things, and obviously my uh, my ending with the company is very um, questionable, you know. But I know why. M- maybe and you know maybe one day we'll talk about that. But right now it's just not that time. It's not something I'm okay. gonna focus on. Um, but it's been it's been good. It's been it's been really really good these last two or three days. Like the feedback's been great. Uh, me and uh, me and my wife started documenting basically like every day. We kind of like see documents. Like we'll do a little like a little bit of a, a journal and you know building back up to getting into the ring with you know uh, other places, other promotions, other companies. And we're just kind of like taking it step by step and day by day and kind of like turning that into a little documentary. I mean that's a great way to sort of utilize your time and it is. Um... You know, I think just like mentally processing everything that's going on. I mean, I'm sure there's so many different ups and downs and sometimes it's hard to kind of get a firm grasp on even how you feel because something like that comes out of left field that you're so unprepared for. You can only handle it to whatever capacity that you're able to do that. I mean, I'm sure that that's got to be difficult of just sort of managing like staying positive about things, but also... I guess just dealing with the reality of what happened and have it be so unexpected. I think what helps and has helped, there's two things, the support. Cause even now there's like a lot of, uh, 
people that are still reaching out actually right before, you know, I got on edge called me. I haven't, I, I couldn't pick up because I was literally getting into this. Um, but there's been Sorry, such edge. a reaction. <laughs> there's been such <laughs> a reaction and, and an ongoing reaction uh, on my release. You know, it made it better, but I think being released is one thing, but if you're being released and there was literally no response to your release, I feel that's, you know, that's, that's very, very, very bleak, very dark. And I think that can get into your head. But because there's been such an outpour of support uh, from, fr- uh, you know, friends, colleagues, uh, family, and, you know, fans, most importantly, it's helped. And one of the things that also really helped is that I have spoken to a lot of, like, higher-ups. They don't understand it. I think throughout the entire company, there's a, okay, but why him? It's a, it's, it's a good feeling people care. And it's a good feeling that like, like the, 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 the perception that you have as to, okay, but why am I being let go is shared by many high up in the company that are like, you know, very close to the, you know, to the main boss. And that gives comfort. Yeah. It just feels like everything's such a big question mark right now, kind of for everybody to, to see something like that and to see somebody like you being let go. And, you know, I think that it's been a, a lot of the same sentiment for Ruby Riot as well of like, why you have these talented people here that bring so much to the table and bring this unique perspective, bring this whole new character to the ring, this whole new audience. And for it to not work for them just doesn't make sense. It's so confusing. Yeah. I think that the um, issue is, is that there is not enough focus on people around the main people being pushed. You know, you have to have a continuous stream of people being built up, people being able to get revered by fans and being built up uh, through the eyes of the fans so that people care. I think that is a problem. And, and I, nothing that I'm saying right now is, is shocking news because I think that's the main consensus with a lot of people is that there is not enough focus on multiple people because why would you not make everyone you're utilizing strong? And um, in some capacity, like give them notoriety or give them give them that part where fans can generally rile against them or, or, or be, be, be for them. But like, you know, he talked about, it is a very busy, ever-changing landscape and you can only do so much. And as a talent, you can also only do so much. Producers can only do so much. Creative writing staff can only do so much. And the good thing is that is also something that's shared within the company, within the locker rooms, within the writing rooms themselves. And that's kind of how everybody else kind of kept their chins up. We're all in the same boat. Yes. Everybody felt that. And everybody, everybody has the same question marks you and I currently are discussing that those question marks echo through the, through the, through the writing room, through the locker room, even all the way down to medical. That's telling of perhaps what should change. But again, you know what I mean? Like I'm not the one in control of anything. We can only control so much and I can only control my output. And that's just like the start of the conversation. That's why I, I want to present the more positive sense of this release. Because again, do I really have that much to be, be angry about? I don't. Sometimes things don't pan out. So what do you think it is? Like, what have you been able to kind of like attempt to put your finger on of like what slipped between the cracks here? Like what was the disconnect? Was it something from Vince's perspective or from Hunter's perspective, I understand that they generally can have pretty different perspectives on different talent. And you see that happen from NXT up to the main roster often. Um, But have you like, what do you think it is that happened? So um, I think we have to have to kind of go back 
to the start of my NXT career, um, I remember the match that I had with uh, with Velveteen, and that was a match that put me on the card, uh, on, on, on the map, sorry. And uh, I remember Hunter telling me a while ago, about like a year and a half ago, we had a talk. It's like, even a year and a half ago, I was kind of going like, you know, what, what are we doing? Because it's, it's, it's starting, stopping. Every time I thought we were going somewhere, we didn't. Every time I saw the fans get behind me or, you know, the ratings were positive, no one pulled the trigger on it. And Hunter told me that even back then, Vince was like, I want that guy. And then it was, uh, I think, the match with Johnny when I came back. And again, I want that guy. And Hunter kept saying, no, I have to, like, you know, I have this program with him. I want him to finish, you know, write, write that out. And then um, eventually, I think it was somewhere in February that I got a call from, uh, from Matt Bloom saying, you know, you, you move up. And uh, it was me, Johnny Tommaso, and uh, Trevor Ricochet. Those three, four months leading up to WrestleMania were my favorite time that I've had in, uh, in, in the WWE. Me and Trevor were such a well-oiled machine. You know, we were doing we were doing Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, because we were still on Tuesday back then. And then NXT on Wednesday, we got Thursday off, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, back on live events. And I just felt like I was so in the zone. I loved it. Like, that's the part about this whole business. I, I, I love the live events. I love the travel. I love it. I'm, I'm one of the few people that don't complain about that part. Sure, the travel can be tough and like flights canceling. That's I'll, I'll complain about that, but never the concept of what it is that we're doing because that's what I embrace. That's what I love. That's what I'm used to. I remember sitting down with uh, with Vince for the very first time because Heyman was like, look, you got you to gotta go in and talk with him. And I always wanted to talk to him because I find it very important. In any job I've ever had to have a good relationship with people in charge, I, I want them to know who I am and I want them to know that I care and that I'm involved. Which I did, and it was a very positive conversation. Vince was full of praise, like you know where he sees me, where he sees me going, uh, you know what part of the what part of the card he he sees me, and it was you know upper positions, a lot of promises, a lot of like this is what I want to do with you, that's what I'm. But you know the the translation was never there. So obviously, at one point you start doubting yourself, and to the point where I think it was after Money in the Bank, the Mysterio storyline where I kept running out and getting beat up. And at one point I was kind of like, okay, what are we doing? And I, I knocked on the door. This is about the fourth, fifth conversation. I, I tried to get in there with him very regularly. Uh, or like, you know, talk to him at least. Yeah, it's difficult though. Yes, very difficult. I sometimes have to wait four or five hours before I can get in. And it's, it is what it is. That's just the nature of the beast there. And you either want to do that because you care that much or you don't. And it's both is fine. I just chose to you know, do it. Cause I like, my whole thing is I want to die on my own sword. And maybe that's also why I have peace with it. I know on my end, I tried everything. I literally tried every single thing, sat down with them. He told me, I think you're so intriguing. I think your look is great. I think your style is great, but there's something about you that right now I'm trying to figure out, you know, that's fine. We got time. Let's figure it out. So he sent me home. I came back with Kevin Owens and we did the storyline and everything that I created, that little vignette on my Instagram and all that stuff. I made that myself because I wanted to show that, look, I'm invested in this. I've always tried to kind of have a correlation between my social media and my character. It's also something that Undertaker told me at one point. He said, like, the business has changed nowadays. You cannot be a hundred percent character anymore because people are not going to buy that. You're going to have to lower the threshold here and there and like kind of let them in every once in a while because it's just different. It's not back in the day. It's not as protected anymore. And people, you know, need to care for the person behind the character to an extent as well. So it went well for two weeks. And then 
somehow in the pipeline, something changed. And Alistair Black, who was um, never seen in uh, either a suit or his wrestling gear, was standing at Raw Underground in his shorts, in his in his in his champion's short, because no one told me. I found out as I was like, as the show was about to start, this is what we're doing. And I remember going, what? This is not what we set out to do. And I, you know, spoke to Vince. No, he was adamant on it. This is what we're doing. I'm like, okay, cool. And it just, everything went downhill. And fans saw it. I saw it. Creative saw it. Writer saw it. It went to the point where I sat down with our, VI, with our, with our VP and I said, look, something's got to change. This is not going right. This is not going good. I have been here for a year and a half and I feel like I've just been ping ponged continuously. And again, I, I, like I'm not someone who quickly gives up. And even then I didn't give up again. I had a conversation with Bruce Pritchard and Vince that lasted about 30, 45 minutes. And it was a long talk, but it was a good talk, a very good talk. Again, full of praise, complimented him on my uh, ability to always be honest with them whilst being respectful and just saying how much he appreciated my, my creative thought process. And he also understood that there were things during my time in the main roster that did not go the way he wanted to go. And he said, I'm sorry for that. I apologize, but let's do it this way. I'm going to send you home for a bit. We're going to get some separation between you and Kevin Owens. And then when you come back, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're, off, we're off to the races. I was supposed to come back Rumble time. I think either on Rumble or right before Rumble. Not sure. And obviously that never came to fruition. So I sat home for seven months and I think that necked me. And I kept asking, what are we doing? What are we? I don't think I've ever been more frustrated, you know, seven months sitting home, despite my best efforts, despite, you know, keeping my chin up and despite, you know, trying to work my hardest. I, um, I feel like I, uh, I, I was slowly killing myself. It is so good to see you. It's better to see you. It's been a long time. I, I remember spending a lot of days sitting talking <laughs> food with you. And now I had to find a, like a pseudo replacement. Who's my replacement? My daughter is interested in cooking now. So really? Yep. So she'll be like, Dad, how do you make this? And we'll sit there and we'll go over it. And I was like, are you going to write it down so you remember it for next time? No, let's just go and make it. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what we're doing. I want you to write down the procedure, the process first, and then we'll go in the kitchen and we'll start doing stuff. So we made bread pudding. We made shepherd pie. We made chicken pot pies. We, we, we've been getting it. You must be in your glory with that. But you know that that means now if you've made shepherd's pie, that you have to make the shepherd's pie pierogies that are in my cookbook. Just saying. Is the dough, your dough recipe in there too? Of course. You think I'm some kind of hack? <laughs> uh, Joanna will want to do hacks. She'll go, can we do like these uh, cooking hacks? We made a um, we made one pot pie using um, crumbled up crackers and something hack to make a dough. Was it OK? It was all right. You want a real dough. We need to make some real dough, Joe. <laughs> I mean, I, there are certain days that I'm like, I'll buy like the pie dough crust. But in the book, I make all of the doughs, all of the crusts, all of the pasta. You can't write a cookbook and not put that in there. But if people don't want to do that, I get it. It, it. Doughs can be a little overwhelming. I'm not making pasta. I tried to make gnocchi one day and it was a disaster. <laughs> 
I've never made gnocchi, but I do. I have a squid ink pasta recipe in my book and that I put in the pasta recipe for that. And it's honestly not nearly as bad as you would think. It's just it just makes a mess. Hence the name of the book, Messy in the Kitchen. There's just flour everywhere, especially when I'm dragging around this nine month pregnant body. There, Everything just ends up on my shirt. It's a disaster. <laughs> On top of your stomach. Oh, my God. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Um, okay. We have so much to talk about here. Oh, my God. Let's go. You have signed to All Elite Wrestling. How did this all come together? Congratulations. Well, thank you. I've been, I talked to Vince uh, probably about six months ago. And I said, man, I really, really want to do more. Uh, a legends deal is is not enough, you know. Like um, for the usage of my name, I, I was doing a loan out agreement for them to use and license my name, and it was coming up. And uh, I didn't want to resign unless I was going to be working there as a uh, an employee, one for all of the benefits, but also I knew wrestling and I know wrestling in a way that a lot of people don't because of the trainers that I've had and the coaches, the, the, the time span. I mean, I've been wrestling for 25 years and I had the best people the whole time. I didn't come up on the indie scene, which is no disrespect to the indie scene because I scout and watch the indie scenes more than I do mainstream wrestling. But uh, we had that conversation and he said, well, you know, write it up. What do you want to do? And I was like, man, I want to do educational programming. I want to do community involvement. I want to be on the writing staff. I want to, you know, be an agent. I, he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> he said, that, that's like five jobs. I said, but I've been doing all of this already for free. Like nobody paid me. I, I did it at least the last 12 years. I had to brag on myself for the first time in my career. And I, I never did that before. I never said, man, like I had to lie to get Daniel Bryan here. I brought in Braun Strowman. <laughs> well, we got, we'll unpack that for sure. Wait, did you, what, what is the situation with Bryan? Roll that back. I saw Daniel Bryan at an indie show in Canada. And I was like, damn, that dude's good. And, you know, I could tell that he was carrying the guy that he was working with. He made his ass look good. So then I went back and I found him on social media and I reached out to him and I said, hey, man, uh, I saw your match against so-and-so, Charlie. And he was like, oh, man, thanks. It wasn't one of my best ones. And I was like, it was pretty good to me. (laughs) I was like, I want you to to come to a... um, to a camp. And uh, he was like, yeah, for who? Cause I didn't introduce myself. And I said, um, I want you to come to a camp down in, in, uh, in Tampa. And he's like, Oh, for uh, WWE. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, man, I'm Mark Henry. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I got his information and I passed it on to Johnny Ace and um, Johnny. Oh, how big is he? And I was like, oh, he, he like six feet, six one, about 200 pounds. Big, big guy. I just lied through my teeth because I knew that they wanted bigger guys. And um, he said, well, well, we'll bring him in. And I once I transferred the information, boom, they started doing all of the scouting. I, I, I never 
touched him again. I never said nothing until he ended up in FCW. And uh, here we are, you know, Hall of Fame guy. I brought in Rich Swan and 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 Uha Apollo Cruz, and I just started like it was it was a bunch of guys. I, I was mentoring uh, Baron Corbin. I was I, I saw Braun Strowman at a strongman show, and I was like, man, your personality is wrestling. You you got to quit doing strongman. He was like, I want to be champion. Be champ somewhere else, dude. The most money I ever made lifting was under a hundred grand in a year, and I was the best in the world, bro. I was like, you need to, you need to come over to wrestling, and uh, it took him two and a half years, but he finally called me back and said, "Hey, man, you think you can still get me into wrestling?" I said, "Hell yeah!" I was like, I called Vince. I said, "Hey, remember that monster I was telling you about?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "He ready? Send him on." And I, I, I just been doing that. I don't work in talent relations. I don't work in the whole recruiting process. I didn't get paid for none of that. I did it because I wanted to. And I love Canyon Seaman. Canyon did a really good job. You know, he took me to the Olympics with him. He took me to the World's Strongest Man contest. We scouted at the, um, at the, um, I'm, this is not, I don't know, a senior moment, at the Arnold Classic. <laughs> senior moment. Uh, like all of these places that we went to scout high level talent. And, I would support him if he called me tomorrow and said, hey, man, I need a hookup. I know he works for the WWE. He's still my brother. I'm, I'm going to help. OK, so you have that conversation with Vince and then things just aren't going the way that you want them to go with him. It's just not going. I, I wrote it up. He told me, you know, to talk to Brad Blum and I, I spoke to Brad and I had to come to Jesus with him. I was like, look, man, like I, I'm not going to sign a loan out agreement using my name and I'm I'm not working here. I got to get a job, man. I got kids. They came back and, and uh, Johnny had took a uh, Carano got released and Johnny took the overtown relations again. And Johnny called me and I wasn't expecting Johnny to call me. I was expecting Brad Blum or Vince to call me and say, Hey, uh, we, we still doing cuts and we still or whatever. It's something to that effect. And I, I pretty much had made up my mind from when Johnny called me that that was them telling me no, and that's the way it was going to be. It wasn't going to get better from that point. So I, I called um, Tony, and uh, because I've been friends with Tony for a long time before AEW was even born. Tony's a big wrestling fan. So we would talk wrestling for a while, and then we would talk football. And... So we talk football more than anything, but I, I finally got to the point to where if I was ever going to do something at an executive role or if I was going to be an employee of a wrestling company, I was going to have to leave home. I was going to have to leave WWE, and I considered that to be home for 25 years. And, you know, home is not where you are, it's, it's, it's who's there. You know, so now I had to leave and, you know, I'm, I'm establishing a new home. How was it coming to terms with that? Like, convert, like I mean, I'm sure you and show must have talked about that a ton. Uh, talk about him making his leap over to AEW. I mean, even conversations amongst your family. Like, how were those conversations from for you to, like, mentally get to that point that you were ready to jump ship? I had been loyal 
because I had other, I had uh, companies offer me more money in the early middle two thousands. I never went, and Vince knew I didn't go, and we talked, and I and Vince knew my loyalty. There was troubles that I never talked about because it wasn't pertinent to talk about it, and I had got over whatever troubles that there were. But I came to grips with it pretty easily because I knew I did all the right things. I never disrespected him. I never disrespected the business. Like nobody can say anything bad about Mark. Never. I, I did it right. And me leaving means that I'm going to have to reestablish a new legacy. And I was wrong because my wife brought up the fact she's like, you're wrestling is wrestling, regardless of where you are. Like, you know, if you leave, then you just take everything you know and learned and you go and you share it with those kids. And I was like, well, I was like, if you're comfortable with it, I'm comfortable with it. And we made the move. What exactly is your role within AEW going to be? Uh, I'm going to be doing educational program. I'm going to be doing community involvement. I want the, the city of Jacksonville to love this company like they love the football team that don't exist here. I'm going to coach. Um, I guess coaching is uh, explaining psychology and, you know, we use a term on Busted Open called tightening the screws. AEW is not broken. Like, <laughs> they're, they're good. They got people already that live and die for them. But there are little problems that, that come up with fine-tuning. And even master guitarists and master pianists, they they have to tune their equipment every now and then. And and that's that's a job that I have here. I, I want to uh, be a mentor and lead by example. I told Vince, I was like, man, I hope you don't have any ill will or negative feeling. He said, Mark, he said, I know you're going to be great at whatever you do. He's like, you approach things from a point of not wanting to fail as opposed to wanting to have success. And those people always do good. I just can't, I just can't do it right now. And I said, well, I mean, I appreciate you being honest with me because if I was to sit around and wait, I don't think that nobody beneath you is going to call me and tell me straight up what it is because uh, I think some people are, are, are fearful that I'm going to be better at their jobs than they are, which I probably would. And, I, and I, I don't doubt for one second that I am. So um, I want to I want the wrestlers around to I'm, I'm not to understand. I'm not going to come from a place of you're going to do it. You're going to do it my way. And I'm not that guy. You know who I am. My my point of contention is there are guys that are over. They, they like your husband. I'm not going to tell him what to do. If he has a question for me, I'm going to answer it and give him my my opinion. And I'm going to give him an example of how it will work, because that's what my experience has done. It's given me a broader world of where to go and how to get there. That's what I want to teach all these guys. And it comes from studying. So there's going to have to there's a there's going to be a new culture added to what they already have of young people watching 1950s, 1960s, 70s, 80s, 90s wrestling till you're sick of it and then watch it again. And you'll find things that fit you. Everybody knows how to wrestle. 
but when and where you do stuff is what makes you great. And they've only been around for less than two years. How do you expect them to know everything? What are some of the screws that you believe need to be tightened? We got we to gotta work on the social media uh, aspect, uh, what's going out, what's being portrayed that you really want to be set, you know, an example of people seeing it. As you know, AEW is more brash and it's got a, a, a more of an adult feel to it at times. Uh, you get people putting the birds out and all kind of stuff. But at the same time, you got to counterbalance that. And you got to do stuff in the communities where you do live events and in this community where, you know, we're giving back to the city. We're trying to help, you know, be an example rather than a problem. Wrestling-wise, I want to see less, like I want everybody to watch the matches before them because there's a repetition thing. You know, somebody will do a tope, and then the next match will have two topes, and then the next match will have three topes. Stop trying to outdo what you saw before. Find something else to do rather than that. Repetition is the thing that I, that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I feel like you're not watching a product if you go out and do something and somebody else just did the same thing. Yeah, I guess it comes down to like working as a team too and not just like trying to get your own shit in. It's, you know, yeah, making the product better as a whole instead of competing against each other and going against the grain. And I love the Bucks doing super kicks. <laughs> Why are there three matches on the card where somebody does a super kick before them? Right. If that was me, I would be upset about it. <laughs> Nobody else gets the world's strongest slam, all right? Yeah, like, come on, guys. Like, cut it out. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this special edition of the Best of for Oral Sessions. We just mash up the best from the week, let you guys get the little highlights. You can go back and listen to the full-length episodes should you choose to do so. I highly recommend it because there's some good stuff in there. It's really hard to cut these down because these chats can be so great. We, we, we really do have the best guests come on here and hang out. And uh, I love being able to do that here on the show. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. You can go back and listen to more of the episodes. You can also watch these interviews on our YouTube page. You can just search Renee Paquette, search for the volume network, and you'll be able to find all the things. We've got the short clips. We've got the full length interviews, find them all on there. Like subscribe, share, turn on the notifications, all that good stuff. We'll see you guys next time on oral sessions. <laughs>